Coming up today, the Wired Quiz of 2022. You're listening to the Wired Podcast, your essential weekly guide to the future of tech, science, business and culture. I'm your host, Amit Katwala, and joining me this week are Matt Burgess. Hello. Matt Reynolds. Hello. Morgan Mika. Hello. And Grace Brown. Hello. This was the week when delegates at COP15 agreed a landmark deal to protect the world's biodiversity. The summit in Montreal agreed a range of measures designed to safeguard a third of the planet for nature by 2030. It was also the week when Lionel Messi's Instagram photos of him winning the World Cup have become the most liked on the platform's history. Messi has received more than 57 million likes for a gallery of photos, which topped the previous record that was held by a picture of an egg. And Elon Musk topped off two months of drama following his takeover of Twitter by asking his followers if he should step down as CEO. More than 57% said yes. Musk has yet to announce his replacement. I'm quite enjoying Musk's uh, management by Twitter poll uh, thing and how it keeps spectacularly backfiring. Like, I think he genuinely thought that people would back him and then obviously they didn't, but just quite amusing, really. So much drama. But interestingly, one of the first tweets after he did that poll, he announced that only people who pay for Twitter Blue would be allowed to participate in future polls about Twitter policy. So uh, maybe he was regretting making the initial poll so open. Democracy in action, you'll have to see it. Uh, Now, you might have noticed that we haven't been around for a while. We've been taking a short break to work on some exciting new things for 2023, but we did think we'd pop back for the traditional end-of-year Wired quiz. Unfortunately, much like the French World Cup squad, the Wired team has been ravaged by illness a bit this year. You might be able to hear that in my voice, and it also means that James can't join us as host this week. Um, But he has written the questions for us. Um, But before we start the quiz, um, let's have some festive things that we've learned this week. Grace? Um, So I'm keeping up my tradition from last year of telling you all about some interesting festive traditions from European countries, which always seem to have the most bizarre traditions. So last year I talked about Iceland's Yule Lads. Um, This time we're going to Sweden for a tradition called Kal Anka, where apparently every year on December 24th, at 3 p.m. on the dot, everyone in Sweden sits down in front of the television for an hour-long viewing of Disney cartoons. In 2020, it was Sweden's most-watched TV show since modern records began, with almost half the country watching it. And in fact, it is so popular that calls to emergency services usually fall by about 20% when it's broadcast, which has been dubbed the Donald Duck effect. I kind of love that. I think it's really nice that in the age of streaming, they all still kind of gather around and uh, all watch the same thing at the same time. I, I don't know, do you guys have traditional things that you always watch at Christmas. So me and my sister always make a point of watching The Snowman every year when it's on TV, but what about you guys? Nothing. Sad. Sad. No Christmas traditions. Miserable. All right, let's move on to another festive fact. Matt Reynolds. Yeah, so I've got one about Christmas toys. If you were a young person or a child around the turn of the millennium, you'll probably remember Furbies, which were a really, really popular Christmas toy at the time. It was basically like a robotic gremlin. It was meant to look a bit like an owl, but it looked a bit like a gremlin, really. But did you know that Furbies were banned from the premises of the National Security Agency in the US because of fears they could be used as recording devices? And this is because Furbies appeared to learn words that were spoken around them. So they start off speaking Furbish and then over time they learned English words. And I remember this because I had a 
a Furby at the time and I remember thinking, oh, it's, it's learned all these English words, it must be listening to me and it's, it's clever. In actual fact, Furbies couldn't record anything and they weren't learning anything. They were just programmed to unlock new words after a certain number of interactions. And this scandal with the NSA prompted their creator to issue a statement saying, the NSA did not do their homework. Furby is not a spy. So... Yeah, there you go. Not not a spy. That's a great fact. Thanks, Matt. It reminds me a bit of how people think their smartphones are listening to them because they get targeted adverts for things they've been speaking about. Sort of similar similar energy to the Furby fact there. Yes, exactly. Well, obviously now we all do have devices listening to us in the form of Alexa and, and Google Home. So, you know, now we've kind of come full circle. and It's actually, it's not the Furbies we need to be frightened of. It's, you know, all the other more obvious devices. Terrifying, terrifying news to end 2022. Thanks, Matt Reynolds. All right, let's move on to the quiz. So the format is 12 questions, one for each month of the year. And then if there's a tie at the end, we'll go to a tiebreaker. Now, I will caveat this by saying that James has written the questions. So if you have any complaints, please direct them to him (laughs) and not to me. Um, All right, is everyone ready? Everyone got a pen and paper in front of them? At home, if you're listening, you've got a pen and paper in front of you? Excellent. So first question, January. So in January, Apple became the first US company to hit a valuation of $3 trillion dollars. But why is the time on Apple devices always set to 9.41 in the company's ads? I'd like to... Should I jump in with an answer? Yeah, go yeah. for it. Does everyone, has everyone, has everyone um, got an answer that they're happy with? I feel like I roughly know this, but I probably also don't. So um, I'm just going to put it out there to begin with. I think it's something to do with... Um, during their keynote speeches, they always like show one of their main features for new things that they're developing or on the phones um, at 9.41. So that's why they always sort of like display that. I don't even know if that was a question, but that's one. That's my answer. It's not quite right. It's close. Matt Reynolds. I want to kind of expand on that. And I think 9.41 was the time at which Steve Jobs announced the first iPhone. Yep, that's, a, that's exactly right. That's bang on. So does anyone else have that? That's a point for Matt Reynolds. Anyone else, Grace Morgan? What did you I guys got- have? time created that was a guess does that count quite vague (laughs) that probably doesn't count okay i'm going to give a point to matt reynolds no points for anyone else let's move on to february question two in february the winter olympics took place in beijing in china there were seven new medal events including men's and women's big air freestyle women's monobob and snowboard cross but my question is this at the 1928 winter olympics in switzerland ski drawing made its one and only appearance at the game that's ski drawing, S-K-I-J-O-R-I-N-G. But what is it? Um, we've got multiple choice here, so don't worry too much. You've got, is it A, skiing uphill? B, skiing while being pulled by a horse? C, skiing ballet? Or D, skiing while singing? Can you just run through them one more time? Sorry, um, I didn't catch so that. So skiing uphill, skiing while being pulled by a horse, skiing ballet, or skiing while singing? Everyone got an answer? Grace, what did you have? I went for B. B is correct. Did anyone else have B? I got B. Morgan had B as well. Great. Matt Burgess, what did you put? I put C. Skiing ballet. Ballet? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'd be intrigued to know how you thought that might work. <laughs> okay, so two, two rounds in. Matt Burgess is on zero <laughs> as per usual. Uh, everyone else is on one point. Question three. In March, researchers in the Antarctic found the Endurance, which sank in 1915 during Ernest Shackleton's exploration. The ship was named after the Shackleton family motto, Fortitudinid Vincimus, which means by endurance we conquer. Uh, again, I'd like to clarify that this is James's question. You have 20 <laughs> seconds to write your own snappy, inspirational motto. Funniest answer wins. Your time starts wait, now. Wait, is this inspirational <laughs> motto for a Arctic voyage trip? <laughs> no, no, just for just whatever endeavours you might, might happen to be up to, Matt. Is it for our family or individual? 
It can be for you or your family, but funniest answer wins, remember. I'd just like to say why people are writing these. These are all very James Temperton questions. Yeah. Like, um, and now he's not on the podcast. I feel like we can we can criticise him because he's yeah. not here this week. But it's always <laughs> that setup, um, setup about something that happened and here's a pivot to something completely um, that happened like 50 years beforehand or something. It's These always throw me his questions. Obviously, I've been a contestant in the quiz before, but never the host. What I hadn't quite appreciated is that you sort of have to fill the dead air while everyone's talking, <laughs> while everyone's writing down their answers. So thank you, Matt, for doing, making a valiant effort to do that. All right, does everyone have something they're happy with or something that they want to say? All right, let's start with you, Morgan. What's your snappy inspirational motto? So does it have to be in Latin? I tried to do it in Latin, but I don't... <laughs> my Latin vocabulary is very limited, so I, my motto is carpe diem, every diem. Nice, Which means like that. seize the day, every day, but I don't know what the Latin word for every is. That, I, I quite like that, Grace. Um, I just want to say that I think Morgan's is really lame. Play <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. And my one is um, get the name of the dog. Is what? Get the name of the dog. I don't get it. (laughs) I just want to know what your dog's name is. (laughs) Okay, Matt Reynolds? Uh, I mean, I tried to think of something clever and then I was like, maybe I should do Arctic themed. And I just wrote, it's cold, which is not really (laughs) inspirational. (laughs) So much as just a description that an Arctic explorer might find themselves in. Okay. And Matt Burgess. So I, just to caveat, this this is obviously really bad, but it's related to, uh, I went for related to running because that's my thing, isn't it? Um, so I went for feet first, legs second. <laughs> I mean, I, the thing is I can actually imagine that being your genuine motto just through through life, you know, as, as well as alongside delete everything, feet first, legs second. Um, I'm going to give the point to Matt Reynolds because his was the only one that actually made me laugh. Um, while we're on this, I... Um, thought that there was a news story this week about the NASA Mars InSight rover um, sending its last message because it's running out of battery. And there was a thing in there that I thought was a really good motto. It said, don't worry about me though, my time here has been both productive and serene, which is quite a nice kind of sign-off message and uh, maybe something to carry into the Christmas season with you all. Can I have half a point for the Latin? (laughs) You can have half a point for the Latin. Thank you. I'm a bit of a soft touch compared to James, so half points all around. All right, let's move on to question four. In April, Netflix reported a loss in subscribers for the first time in a decade. The name Netflix obviously comes from a smishing together of internet and flicks, but why are films called flicks? This um, almost feels like a kind of retro. I mean, even even though Netflix is kind of one of the biggest streaming providers, its name is sort of very like 2000s, mid 2000s, early 2010s. When was it actually founded, Matt? It was in like late 90s, like 1998. Oh, wow. It was like super uh, back when DVD, well, it started selling, uh, well, it's very briefly sold DVDs, but then was renting them um, for, for a good best part of a decade before it started streaming all right does everyone have an answer matt i suspect you know this given your netflix expertise matt burgess oh no i, I don't really have a clue but i'm <laughs> gonna say that because when people used to go to the cinema um the pictures used to flicker so it got shortened that's my um best guess interesting what does anyone else think i said kind of the same thing as matt pretty much i said is it something just flicking between scenes and shots mm-hmm. and matt 
Minos, what did you have? Yeah, I wrote... Remember those little flick books that you'd do when you were a kid? I thought, is it something to do with those? It's from flick books. Um, no, it's actually what Matt Burgess and Grace said. So flick is a general slang term originating in the verb flicker, owing to the flickering appearance of early films. So well done to Matt Burgess and to Grace. So scores so far, Matt Reynolds has two points, Matt Burgess has one point, Grace has two points, and Morgan has one and a half points. We are on to question five. In May, Apple ended the production of the iPod, but which of these was not a model of iPod? Was it A, Nano, B, Shuffle, C, Vibe, or D, Classic? I must say, I thought this was an uncharacteristically easy question for James, so I will be disappointed if you don't all get this right. Except Grace, who maybe uh, does not (laughs) overlap in time with the iPod. (laughs) The iPod is to Grace like the Betamax video player is to her. All right, does everyone have an answer? Morgan, what did you put? Shuffle. Okay. Uh, Matt Reynolds? <laughs> I'm stunned Not... at that because it's the vibe. Morgan, what, how, why do you think Shuffle? Oh, I don't remember that being an iPod. I remember yeah, it was a little one. The, the tiny classic. little spare I, one. I put Shuffle as well. And I thought the tiny what? one was the Nano and therefore the No, the, the Shuffle was one that just had a clip and you would put it, the idea was you'd clip it to something and that's oh, I I li- where those famous dancing opened. videos came from. It didn't have a screen, yeah. Without the screen, yeah. okay, yeah. Oh, this is shocking. Wow. Matt Burgess, what did you get? Uh, I put C for the vibe. Okay, good. Well, that's that's something at least. So points for Matt Reynolds and Matt Burgess, no points for Morgan or for Grace. Question six, we're up to June. In June, and this was a big event in the uh, Catwalla household, Jurassic World Dominion was released in cinemas. But what was the largest dinosaur that ever lived? Was it Giganotosaurus, Argentinosaurus, Titanosaurus, or Brachiosaurus? We're talking in the tens through to the hundreds of tons here so the biggest one is about eight double-decker buses but which one was it matt reynolds as our resident science expert i'm going to come to you first oh that's a lot of pressure i now this is something i've definitely googled but i i worry that i my information is out of date but i think it's argentinosaurus what does anyone else have morgan i put brachiosaurus brachiosaurus so brachiosaurus is 28 tons grace what did you have I went for Titanosaurus because even though that sounds really obvious, I thought maybe, you know, red red herring, whatever it is. No, that was actually the smallest on our list. That was 14.5 tonnes. Matt Burgess, what did you have? Uh, I put D, which I think was the same as Brachiosaurus, that's 28 tonnes, yeah. So the actual answer is Argentinosaurus, which weighs up to 110 tonnes, so about eight double-decker buses. Um, discovered in Patagonia, I believe. Uh, there's a lot of dinosaur fossils down there, um, a lot of sauropods. So huge, huge thing. Um, and uh, not something that features in Jurassic World Dominion, I don't think. Okay, so points for Matt Reynolds, no points for anyone else. So that puts Matt on four. Matt Burgess and Grace are both on two. Morgan is still on one and a half. Question seven. In July, temperatures exceeded 40 degrees Celsius in the UK for the first time ever. But what is the hottest temperature ever recorded on Earth? Closest answer to winds. Do you, do you know where, where it was recorded to give us a bit of a clue? Uh... I can give you a clue, but I think it might give the answer away. So what I'll say is think outside the box slightly. We're not talking about weather reports here. We're talking about the hottest temperature ever recorded anywhere um, on Earth. Mm. Ooh, that, that opens things up a little bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So we're not talking like, you know, 41 degrees in the desert or whatever. It's it's it's, it's a lot higher than that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. Okay, Morgan, what have you got? So. I took a guess and I thought maybe we're talking like inside a volcano or something and went for 500 degrees. Okay, Grace. Um, I went for a thousand. Okay, Matt Burgess. I went for 4,200 because I was thinking nuclear fusion stuff, but Mm. that's a bit of a guess. And Matt Reynolds. See, I was also thinking nuclear fusion. I wrote 2,800, but I'm not sure if that is the hottest. So I think maybe Matt has Uh, this. uh, 
Yeah, so Matt, Matt Burgess does get the point. Uh, what did you say, Matt? 4,200? 200, yeah. Okay, so you, you got it right, but you were out by um, some margin. <laughs> the correct answer is 4 trillion degrees Celsius, uh, which was created by an atom smasher at the Brookhaven National Laboratory in Long Island, New York. So you were thinking along the right lines, you were just out by a factor of about 1,000. Um, That's still, still the closest. It's still, yeah, yeah still the closest. Still, they all count. All right, question eight. In August, California voted to ban the sale of all new internal combustion engine cars by 2035. My question is this. How many horsepower does one horse have? <laughs> Again, no criticism of James here. I'm not entirely sure that follows from the initial statement. But obviously, you know, cars come with a certain amount of horsepower. But how many horsepower does a single horse give you? Matt, what I feel you like got? I've... Yeah. Oh, Matt Burgess, gone. Which me? Okay. Um, I'm going to say 14. Um, I feel like I've heard something like this before, but um, maybe it's just been from a, a wired quiz of yore. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, Matt Reynolds? I'm going to say 12, because like Matt, I think this is something to do with like a pack of horses or something like a pulling something. Yeah, okay, Grace? Um, uh, oh, I have 12 down as well, but yeah, I swear I've heard this question before, maybe on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's quite possible that James has just been recycling the questions. There's at least one question later in the quiz that appeared in last year's quiz, which I had to, uh, had to remove. Uh, Morgan, what have you got? I'm rapidly losing confidence in this answer, but I put one horse per horsepower. Yeah, you fell into James's trap there. If this was QI, they'd be playing that big yeah. alarm noise uh, and you'd be losing points. So the correct answer is actually the maximum output of a horse can be up to 15 horsepower. So Matt Burgess was closest, which brings him level, four points apiece with Matt Burgess <sighs> and Matt Reynolds. Grace on two, Morgan stranded on one and a half. Um, this could be my year. It's all going to come last in yeah. every single well, quiz. Yeah. You know, that is a bit of a trick question. It seems safe to assume that one horsepower is the output a single horse is capable of creating. That is, in fact, incorrect. Question nine, a UK politics question. In September, Liz Truss began her memorable reign as UK Prime Minister. How many days did she last? Closest answer wins. And if you will get it right, then I'll give you point. I'll give everyone points. Was memorably short, of course, but how many days did Liz Truss last as UK Prime Minister? Morgan, do you know? I think it's 44. Anyone else? Grace? Mm, I put 36. Matt Burgess? 42 is my guess. And Matt Reynolds? I guess 40. It was exactly 44. Well done, Morgan. So there's a bonus point available here as well. Uh, Liz Truss was famously outlasted by a lettuce that was on the front page of the Express newspaper for, for a few weeks. But can you, for an extra point, tell me both the type of lettuce and the supermarkets that said lettuce originated from? You can picture the lettuce, but what type was it? Matt Burgess, have you got a clue here? Uh, I'm going to say it was an iceberg lettuce from Asda. Oh, so close. Matt Reynolds? I, I said also iceberg, but I went for Sainsbury's. Oh, Morgan? Iceberg from Lidl? Nope, Grace. I said iceberg from Morrison's. Oh, so close. It was packed in an iceberg lettuce from Tesco. Oh. You were, all, you were all very close. I would give you half a point uh, for getting iceberg right, but you all got it anyway, so there's not much point, and it's just going to mess up my scoring system. So, Can I just jump um, in at this point and ask, has anyone ever had an iceberg lettuce that has lasted 40 days? Because this story was misreported, because the iceberg thing started midway through her reign so I, i've never had an iceberg lettuce that has lasted like two weeks and that's in a fridge that wasn't even in a fridge yeah you're right because the lettuce did not begin its tenure at the same time as liz trust began her tenure because if you remember the first kind of two weeks of liz trust's tenure were in that weird window where the queen had just passed away so nothing really happened so the iceberg did get a bit of a fair start a bit of a head start here so maybe liz trust has been badly treated by by history <laughs> 
team team trust over here. Um, okay, so question ten. So originally, James had this question as in October, Elon Musk completed his forty four billion dollar acquisition of Twitter. How tall is Elon Musk? But he had that exact same question as the tiebreaker <laughs> in last year's quiz, which I was just going to I was listening back to it. So I don't know why James is so obsessed with how tall Elon Musk is, but we can maybe work through that in a future episode. So I hastily wrote an alternative question, which is, what is Tom from MySpace doing now? Grace, <laughs> you may not know who Tom from MySpace is, what MySpace is. <laughs> it was a proto-social media network, and Tom was the founder, and he was also your like first friend when you kind of opened a MySpace account. But... I guess the the point I'm going to get to is like all these kind of social media founders end up getting embroiled in scandal and stuff. But what's Tom from MySpace up to as the founder of the first social media network, which he I think he sold for 130 million dollars or something like that. You know, back in the sort of mid 2000s. Um, Matt Burgess. Yeah, I'm 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 happy to go first because I saw him do a tweet the other uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, and it was his first tweet for like a year. Um, and I think that. Um, I remember looking at it and then thinking, oh, what's he been doing? But didn't really look into it. But I'm pretty sure that he retired and just went and lived a, like, happy life, essentially. That's quite vague, though. Can you be more specific? Um, he retired and moved <laughs> to the Bahamas. I'm not going to give you a point for that. Anyone else? Matt Reynolds. Well, I think Tom seems like quite a wholesome guy. So I said he's really getting into meditation slash mindfulness. <laughs> that would be very on brand for a tech CEO. Uh, that's not right either, Grace. Um, I just want to caveat and say I have heard of Tom, but uh, <laughs> no, I never had a MySpace account, so we were never friends. Um, I'm along the same lines of Matt Reynolds. I think that he maybe owns an alpaca farm. <gasps> mm. Interesting. We have written about like ex-founders and ex-kind of like consultants and stuff who have gone on to things like owning alpaca farms so that's also not correct morgan have you got any clues i went in the opposite direction and took a guess that he's probably in crypto somehow no mostly not so he's actually a landscape photographer so he just kind of travels around the world like going to really cool places taking photos putting them on his instagram page which i like to think is what i would do if i made like hundreds of millions of dollars before the age of 40 this is like one of the things i don't get about like elon musk and mark zuckerberg and people like that like you know, I mean, I don't understand a lot of Elon Musk's decisions, but sort of this, you have to be kind of deranged to like want to keep doing it, I think, rather than just like put your feet up. But then maybe that's why I don't have billions of dollars because, you know, I'm not as driven as those guys. Um, okay, cool. So, Grace, you didn't have a MySpace page. Morgan, did you have a MySpace page when you were when you were younger? I definitely had a MySpace page and enjoyed rearranging my top friends when yeah. the social situation changed at my school. Yeah, such a toxic feature, really, looking back. You could you could arrange your top eight friends and, like, put them into, like, a little grid and then you could, like, move people in and out depending on, like... But then it was kind of, like, a reciprocal nature to it. But Very I liked poisonous. how you could have a song for your profile. That was a good feature. Yeah, and you could put in, like, custom, like, CSS code as well so you could have, like, different colour backgrounds. It was much more customizable than Facebook, but as a result... I just want to say, just, like... I, did, I did all of this on Bebo when I was 14. <laughs> Um, the Bebo founders, incidentally, live a quiet life in Devon. So, yeah, there you go. All right, let's move on to the penultimate question. Um, no one got that right. So, before we move on to the penultimate question, let's just run through the scores. So, Matt Reynolds is on four points. Matt Burgess is on four points. Grace is on two points. Morgan is on two and a half points. With two points available, Grace, <laughs> the best you can do is tie. Take it to a tiebreaker. Morgan, you're, Morgan Matt and Matt, you're also within the chance of winning. Okay. Question 11. In November, the global population reached 8 billion. 
But in what year did the world's population reach 1 billion? Was it 1827, 1804, 1842, or 1779? When did the world's population reach 1 billion? Was it 1827, 1804, 1842, or 1779? Quite a tough question, I think. I, I wouldn't have had any clue how to begin answering this. Um, Grace, what have you put? Um, I put C. But I, I bet Matt Reynolds knows the answer because he's such a little nerd about this. Matt Reynolds, do you know the answer? Are you a little nerd about this? I, I am a little nerd about this, but maybe not enough because I thought I, I've written about this. I should know this, but I don't know. I wrote 1842. I, I can't remember which option that was. That's C as well. That's sort of the same okay. as what Grace put. Matt Burgess, what did you put? Um, I put 1804. Okay, interesting, interesting. And Morgan? Me too, 1804. Yeah, that is the correct answer, which puts <gasps> Matt Burgess, astonishingly, into the lead. Who could have seen this coming? So, one so, question to go. That's me, not me. <laughs> Matt Burgess is on five points. Matt Reynolds is on four points. Morgan is on three and a half points. And Grace is on two points. Last question. So, question 12. In December, researchers announced a major breakthrough in the race to recreate nuclear fusion by producing more energy from a fusion experiment than was put in. Question. <laughs> My question, slash James's question. Who can do the best impression of the sound a nuclear fusion reactor makes? <laughs> Now, I have my suspicions about who can do the best impression. Uh, uh, so I'm going to come to... Don't worry, I'm not going to make everyone do this, but I'm going to come to you, Matt Reynolds, because I think you could do a pretty good job of this. Uh, don't I worry, am... no points available for here. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think what it, what it could sound like. I reckon it's just a lot of noise. It doesn't bang around a few. So I think it's just like... You know, I wasn't... Didn't they... Um, didn't some spacecraft do a recording of like the solar wind or something? And it was really disappointing. And I think that it's going to be like that. So it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> for like hours on end and it's, it's horrible yeah, yeah. to listen to just like white noise uh, i think do you remember when they recreated the sound of that mummy's voice by like playing a <laughs> playing a audio clip through its like vocal cords or whatever i think it sounds like that just like really ominous and that kind of like comical at the same time anyway that isn't actually question 12 don't worry the real question 12 is how hot does a fusion reaction get in degrees celsius closest answer wins it's more than 500 this is a cruel question. You know, Matt, Matt Burgess, you've got everything on the line here. That inaugural podcast quiz trophy is within your grasp, but can you hold on to it? <laughs> my biggest my biggest moment to date. <laughs> life, life highlight could be happening here, or it could all be just uh, ripped away from me very quickly. All right, Grace, what have you got? I went for 18,000. No 18,000 degrees Celsius. Okay. Morgan, what have you got? Drastically lower, which is worrying me. 1,900 degrees okay grace is the closest at the moment uh matt reynolds uh well okay well now you said that i know this is wrong and i put 2800 like the answer before oh that's good news for matt burgess matt burgess what have you got no oh, i put 1.1 million so. that's oh, I mean, uh, that the closest again we're out by an astonishing degree it's 50 million degrees celsius but <laughs> by virtue of being the least wrong matt burgess you have got the point which means that you have won the quiz exciting times so the final scores are Grace has two, Morgan has three and a half, Matt Reynolds has four, Matt Burgess has six points. Congratulations, Matt. Um, Thank you. I think like, much like MySpace Tom, I'm probably going to go and retire from Wired quizzes <laughs> and stuff now and never never do it again. I peaked. I wish I had a prize to give you, but um, I don't. Sorry. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. I did have a tiebreaker question that we're not going to have to use, um, but maybe I'll just chuck it in just for fun. So just to see what people think. So on January 1st of this year, Tesla had a market capitalization of $1.06 trillion. Then its founder, Elon Musk, got distracted. 
at time of recording, how much has Tesla's stock market value gone down by from that peak? It is genuinely amazing. I think if I was a Tesla shareholder, I'd be absolutely furious watching what's been going on at Twitter and the sort of circus around Elon Musk. Any thoughts, Grace? Um, the last time I saw it, it was 50%, I think, but maybe it's gone down more. So I put down 53%. <laughs> okay. I was looking for an answer in, in billions of dollars, so we'll, we'll call oh. that... <laughs> Roughly 53, 530 billion, which is actually pretty close. Matt, Matt Burgess? I also went percent, so I said uh, 42%. Okay. Um, which, test of your maths for you. I'm not going to work that out. <laughs> uh, Matt Reynolds? <laughs> right, let's say it's, I'm going to say it's under half a billion, so it's 440 billion. And Morgan? I'm going to say 60% and leave the maths to someone else. <laughs> so it's it's somewhere between 50 and 60%. So it's 586 billion, 750 million dollars is how much Tesla's market valuation has gone down by since the 1st of January this year, which is a cheery thought to end the year on, perhaps, for some listeners. All right, well, I hope you enjoyed that. It was um, slightly chaotic, I expect. So <laughs> apologies for that. But uh, do let us know how you got on at home at podcast.wired.co.uk. And that is it from us for 2022. We wish you a productive and serene break and we will be back in the new year. Thank you and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.